Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Tuesday, August 3rd. Today on the show, Carson Wentz of the Colts does in fact need surgery, and it could change the outcome of the divisional race in the AFC South. A great problem the Tennessee Titans have never had before. But we begin with observations from camp on Monday as we prepare, this time I'm telling the truth, for full pads on Tuesday. This year' podcast is brought to you, of course, by the great people over at the Kingston Group. They've been doing custom home and remodeling work in the Nashville market for over a decade, and it's because you can trust them. I have a friend who is doing a major remodel, is not using the Kingston Group, and their contractors just bailed on them. I mean, this is what this market does. This is what this industry does. And this is what the Kingston Group is trying to solve. They want to fix these problems because people are not trustworthy all the time, especially in this industry. There's a lot of apprehension. Kingston Group's job is to take all of that off the table. They give you a front-end estimate. They give you a front-end budget. They're going to deliver it on time. And the work is going to be fantastic. It's going to be exactly what you want. So go check out the website, buildkg.com. Go look at their work, buildkg.com. And remember the name when you need some work on your house or you're making a big move or making a big decision, remember the name, the Kingston Group. So we lied to you yesterday. We don't make a habit of it, but it happens on occasion. We all assumed that the first padded practice for the Tennessee Titans was going to take place on Monday, but after a day off, they pushed it off until Tuesday. I know Mike Vrabel and Jeffrey Simmons following practice on Monday both echoed the sentiments, oh yeah, we're ready to get going. Jeffrey Simmons in particular saying, I believe, quote, Football is a game that's played in pads, and that he is very excited to get going. The energy levels were high on Monday after a day off, and Ryan Tannehill continues to look a little bit off. I think he was really, really good in the first two days of camp, has not been as sharp lately and threw another couple of interceptions. Maybe one was a little late, but Christian Fulton beat A.J. Brown on an out route and took it the other way. Jackrabbit Jenkins had a couple over the weekend, so Ryan Tannehill still working out the kinks a little bit, but still looks very, very comfortable. Julio Jones made an excellent touchdown reception in team drills, probably his first real team drill action of the year. And then a couple plays later on a over-the-shoulder corner route in the end zone, he missed the ball came up a little bit ginger, walked to the sideline, had a long conversation with the trainer, and never went back out onto the field. After the practice, Mike Vrabel was asked about Julio Jones, and he said, sure, he's doing fine. Sure. Yeah, I mean, these guys are, you know, Todd said that, um, you know, he wanted to have him go inside, and and we wanted to get him some team reps, which we did. And so, you know, we'll see where he's at tomorrow and see how he looks. As only Mike Vrabel knows how to do. Of course, in the kicking game, Sam Ficken will now be battling Tucker McCann for the starting job as Blake Hobble has dropped out and has been released from the team. The defense just continues to look really good, really solid. And I know when the pads get on, we shall see. But the defense right now has been ahead of the offense. That's also going to happen when Derrick Henry and Taylor Lewan and Julio Jones rarely take any snaps in team practice. Of course, the defense is going to be ahead. Caleb Farley was out there for his first day of practice, first-round draft pick. Absolutely looked the part, tall, rangy, worked a lot with Jackrabbit Jenkins on the side after drills to sort of work on technique, work on how to play the position. I think Jenkins talking to him after practice is going to be a real asset for this team, not just with his play on the field as a corner, but also his attitude, his energy level, and his professionalism. I think all those things are going to really help those young players in the secondary develop. But they've got a lot of talent in the secondary, and it has shown all the way through camp. The defense so far has been ahead of the offense. 
Quick little note for the offense. Dylan Radens, the rookie offensive lineman, uh, the second-round pick, did not have a good day of camp on Monday. Was beat routinely, and we shall see what happens when things get more physical. He's a guy that is battling for that right tackle position and maybe a top backup role. So energy levels were higher on Monday. It was an exciting practice. The weather was a little cooler, which made everybody a little bit happier. But again, full pads coming out on Tuesday. Going to be a whole lot to watch in the trenches. In fact, Mike Vrabel asked about that, and he said, look, this is where we get to learn and study and evaluate people in the trenches. So Tyre Tart, Kendall Lamb, those guys are going to be looked at real heavily as I will be studying the trenches as well, as most people do once the pads come out. So looking forward to the front seven scrums on Tuesday. One of the more interesting debates that's being had on the sidelines of Titans practice is about the wide receiver position. First and foremost, the Tennessee Titans have basically never had a true number one star at wide receiver, and now they have two of them. So normally at this point in camp, we're arguing about who's going to be the number two or the three or the four. Well, right now the discussion is who are going to be four, five, and six, and are they going to keep a seventh? We know Racy McMath, the rookie out of LSU, a sixth-round draft pick, is doing very good things both in team but also on special teams as well. Chester Rogers, a five-year veteran of the league, has looked really, really good and can return punts, so he might be a guy that steals a roster spot because he can do all of those things. We know Josh Reynolds is going to be your number three, but he was on the bike on Monday. Des Fitzpatrick, the fourth-round draft pick, also probably going to make the team. So we know for a fact you're going to have A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Josh Reynolds, Des Fitzpatrick. The questions then become, who do the Titans keep at that position? My money right now would be on Chester Rogers and Racy McMath, with an outside chance for Nick Westbrook to make it seven. The question there becomes is, do you keep four tight ends, which is very possible? Do you keep three and then add a receiver? Maybe McMath goes to the practice squad. Maybe Westbrook goes to the practice squad. Either way, this is a problem the Tennessee Titans have never had. We are discussing and debating rookies and free agents for 4th, 5th, and 6th on the depth chart at wide receiver, a thing that's just never really happened at Titans training camp before. That's good news for Ryan Tannehill and company. Going back to the Colts and the injury well, an update on Carson Wentz. He underwent surgery on Monday on his injured left foot and will be sidelined approximately, get this, 5 to 12 weeks. When asked about the timetable, of course, Mike Vrabel chuckled and... Of course, the Titans will play the Colts twice in the first half of the season. The Colts said the injury to Wentz was actually an old one, something maybe from high school, uh, and that it just got re-injured and, and had to be operated on. If it's only five weeks on the short end of the recovery, then of course he only may miss a couple of games. It may not change the outcome too much of the Colts season. If it's closer to 12 weeks, well, then we could be looking at him missing almost half of the season, and that absolutely changes the dynamic in the division. Although I would argue that right now, the Titans are clearly the favorite to win the division, whether Carson Wentz is in the lineup or not. So if you listen to last week's Fringe Element podcast, you heard an interview I did with OrangeBloods.com reporter Jeff Ketchum. He's been covering the Texas Longhorns for a very, very long time. And one of the things he said to us on that particular show was that there is nothing that can be done to take Texas out of the SEC, out of their decision-making process. Nothing political because all of the people in charge in the state of Texas from the governor on down are all Texas Longhorns people and are going to do what the Texas Longhorns want them to do. That did not stop the other Big 12 folks from voicing their concerns, let's call it, in the Texas Senate on Monday. Here's a couple of quotes, one of them. I kind of feel sorry for the SEC. Cousin Eddie's coming home and he don't leave till he's wrecked the whole house. That was from Charles Perry. 
Texas Senator Louis Kolkhorst, I don't know, asked what UT's athletic budget was. When someone told him it was between 220 and 225 million, Kolkhorst asked, that's without winning a football team. That's three and seven against the Horn Frogs. And then added, quote, maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama than to TCU. It was so petty. It was so wonderful. And they can't do anything about it. So if you're a Texas fan or an SEC fan, just chuckle. Just laugh. If you're a TCU fan, I'm sorry. You have actually been much better than Texas. The 440, of course, is brought to you by the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. They are Nashville's locally owned, award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. And they will not let you down. That's basically it. They do fantastic work to make sure that you love your home. And oh, by the way, make a little money on it on the side. Check out the website, buildkg.com. You know where to go. And remember the name, The Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Please share the show. That's all I ask. Just tell one person about the show. It would be greatly appreciated. Again, as usual, thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Tuesday, August 3rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.